can stop me. I'm all the way up. All the way up. I'm all the way up. I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. And by all the way up, I mean I can never win on opening week ever and save my life. And I hate fantasy football for the first two weeks of the NFL season. It's like clockwork. Hello and welcome. It is Thursday, September 17th. We do have football today. This is Alex Sanchez for the I Don't Have a Life podcast, episode number two for season five. We are in five years of me doing this crap and five years of you listening to this crap. So I don't know which one's worse. They're probably equally horrendous. Alas, you're listening and you will continue to listen and I will continue to do these. And that just such is life. Yeah. So week one in the books. Um, I do think that week one gives us the biggest insight out of every single week remaining in the season. Things that we thought we would see are either confirmed or they're shot down like a lame duck in the air on a summer evening in some southern state. Um, and we get to try to make decisions based off of that one week, but it's far better than trying to make decisions off of the season from last year. So looking at a guy and saying, oh, he did really well last year, but doesn't even get five carries this week, you can make some very educated guesses and much more information has been gathered since then. So that's what we're going to spend some time looking at this week is look at the matchups from last week, kind of just to do a quick rundown. But then the main thing to talk about today is for real or no deal. I don't know. I just made that up right now. Sounds great. We're going with it. But we're going to look at some teams and see, as we do these matchups from last week, who looks good, who looks like they're the real deal with their team, and who looks like they might be struggling and to get some wins down the line. So uh, we'll do some predictions as well. I'm going to try to keep track of my predictions this week and see how good I do or how horrendous I do. Um, and then... Maybe I can go to Vegas and make some money off of it. I don't know. Or you can go to Vegas and make some money. All the advice I ever give to other people is always perfect. And then when I start to place the bets myself, I always lose. Week one in the books. You have five winners and five losers. That is Javi, Dean, Jason, Justin, and Rich are the winners. New guy, KJ, myself, Charles, Coop and Casey are the losers this week. Now, there are a couple of winners that should have been losers. Justin and Rich come to mind, barely cracking the 100-point mark that were able to pull off victories. A couple of teams like KJ, actually, he's pretty much the only one that probably should have won but had to face Javi's 177-point outburst. So let's take a look at these matchups. We'll go from the bottom up here, whatever's on yahoo and that was casey and rich's matchup a very low scoring affair where rich basically got a big performance out of uh, his stack of juju and ben roethlisberger who combined for 42 points um and uh, you know his defense and his kicker and kelsey other than that i mean really disappointing performances michael thomas scoring three points i don't think i've seen that since he's entered the league nick chubb Looked like he was in a timeshare, although they were behind a lot in that game against Baltimore. So perhaps we'll have better luck today on Thursday night football. Singletary, who I'm surprised he started in the first place, actually did okay, but don't like his outlook going forward. It was uh, enough to get the job done, but I don't think enough to get the job done consistently. He's going to have to look for some improvements in some areas, particularly I think his running back and definitely to find a replacement. For Thomas, who looks to be out for the next couple of weeks. But going against Casey, who really only had Alvin Kamara, and that was it, do anything worth of value. In fact, his whole team only had three touchdowns when you include the two by Breeze. Um, I'm sorry, four touchdowns. Kamara did have two. So four touchdowns throughout his whole lineup. That's that's not that much. Uh, <laughs> a, you know, record breaking analysis there, but you know, really disappointing performances from some of the studs like cup and Mixon and Kittle. Those guys really let him down this week. Kittle had the injury of course, but um, Cooper cup didn't get as much run. What was that about? Did you guys see that Cooper cup 
kind of out to um, out on a lot of snaps. Although there was, you know, I've heard some stuff that he was he's not that great of a blocker, so he comes out on these running plays. But still, a four for forty after signing that huge contract. Raise your eyebrows. Is he a guy that gets fed this week? Maybe, but really poor week from Casey overall. Drew Brees, I think, is kind of what he is now based on what you saw against Tampa. He's going to get his touchdowns for sure, but I don't think the 300-yard games are going to be commonplace for Drew. He just doesn't have the weapons beyond Michael Thomas to make it happen. He doesn't have that stud tight end. Kamara can also you know, break off a 60-yard run to maybe get some of those passing totals a little bit higher. But Drew Brees as a quarterback, number one, I don't know if you want to live that life. Uh, when we take a look at the benches, right? So Josh Allen, Drew Brees. I mean, for me, I would have started Josh Allen over Drew Brees, no doubt in my mind. I would have started Josh Allen uh, as a top eight quarterback for me last week. And he's definitely in the, like a top five quarterback this week. So we'll see. Uh, we'll go to this, his previews and see if he actually does start him this week. But, you know, um, that would be the big boneheaded move that Casey made. I think Drew Brees gets by on his name for sure. But much like Tom Brady, they're just not quite the same guys they were five years ago. Uh, not, they're still great and they're still going to lead their teams to the playoffs. But I think that Josh Allen is the fantasy guy. I mean, Josh Allen had 300 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and like 50 yards rushing. It was really, really good. Meanwhile, Rich pretty much played the guys he should have, although I probably would have rolled the dice with, you know, tough to roll the dice with James Robinson. But I think I like James Robinson and DeAndre Swift over Singletary moving forward. Probably would have played one of those two guys over Singletary. I just don't like Singletary this year, even though I liked the talent. I just don't know if it's going to be a good year for him. Now, Sutton was out for Rich, so Sutton can get back into the lineup. It could be interesting. But based on these two teams' first-week performances – I think Rich is uh, a little bit of a fraud here. I don't love the quarterback tandem that he has. I know Roethlisberger is Roethlisberger, but again, I don't know if he's a, a leader of a fantasy championship team. I just don't. And Cam Newton also looked okay. Like these guys are fine if you had studs everywhere else, but the Chubb pick looks really questionable right now. And that RB2 slot is going to be a rotating guessing game between Swift, James Robinson, and Singletary, Lindsay is out for a while. Kelsey is a stud at tight end, no doubt. But with Michael Thomas also hurt, I just, you know, Juju looked good. I will give him that. That was a really good pick there for uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So some injuries are really hitting Rich right now. Will that be enough to torpedo his season? Um, for me, I think this team's a fraud. I don't think they deserved a week one victory. I don't think that uh, the team looks strong going forward. And uh, you're uh, no deal. No deal in my book, Rich. Fifth place, you're 1-0, and I'm 0-1, all that stuff. I get it. But, man, uh, the injuries are, are, are really rearing its head already. Now, when you look at Casey's team, again, we already talked about the quarterback. I think he's okay at quarterback with Josh Allen. Out of all the guys mentioned, I'd rather have Josh Allen than any of those other starters. I think Cup, Lockett, and... I mean, his third receiver is going to be difficult. I don't love T.Y. Hilton this year. Uh, Mixon and Kamara should be okay. Mixon, though, I don't know. We'll see tonight. He sure started out poorly last year and then finished strong. Will he do that again this year? Maybe. I think Mixon should be okay. But he was coming off the field for passing downs, which seemed to uh, be against what you were hoping for. So maybe – you know, Kamara's going to have a huge week this week. You know what? I think Casey's team's for real. I still like it. Kittle, Kittle is, of course, hurt. Maybe he's out a week or two. But Ronald Jones looked like he was the guy. Um, the bench, though, is going to be a questionable mark for Casey here. I don't know if uh, what you do about it. I don't know if you go trade for bench guys. But Tyler Boyd, Zach Moss, James White, nobody screams, I have to start these guys. You don't need Cook at all on the team. Josh Allen should be your starter. It's like, we need some depth here because if you put an injury out to a receiver, like we say Tyler Lockett is out for five weeks, then this team lets, gets a lot worse really quickly just because uh, the lack of depth. So Casey's team's for real. I think he's going to be fine going forward. I think if they play again this week, Casey will outscore Rich. 
But Casey is one or two injuries away from just completely being devastated. So we'll have to see what kind of pickups he does to fix that. But right now, I like Casey's team going forward and Rich's team, not so much. Don't forget, Casey was favored to win 131 to 120. So quite an upset there for Rich. So we'll see. We'll see what they do going forward. Let's go to our next one. That was another low-scoring game, 106 to 96 for Justin over Coop. Uh, this was originally projected to be a pretty even matchup, 127 to 126. But um, Justin is the one that comes out with the victory. So let's see what happened here for Justin's team. He he started Deshaun Watson, who is his guy. Um, I like Stafford. I probably would have played Stafford over Watson. And I think that's what he's doing this week for sure, even though Stafford only scored 15 points, but he was three yards away from basically outscoring Watson because our league's so fucking dumb that he was just, you know, three yards away from having more points than Deshaun Watson, three yards passing. So easily could happen. The other, you know, not a, no duds, really. No guys that just did nothing for him. A lot of nines and sevens I'm looking at in the score for Justin, I think. Eckler probably was a disappointment. Evans really should have had zero points at a late touchdown. Uh, Edelman was a disappointment for sure. He saved it by having, you know, a couple of receptions, even though he only had 57 yards. Brown also barely cracked the 100-yard mark. If he doesn't do that, that totals a lot less. This was a very lucky win for Justin. I like his team going forward. There's no way... Barkley is going to ever rush for under six yards ever again this year, unless he's hurt. <laughs> so with that being said, the bench looks really, really solid for Justin too. JK Dobbins looks like he's going to be a big factor. Crowder had a huge game and I like Stafford going forward. He has Hines that he picked up who looks like a nice running back. So there's a lot of depth here. So Justin's team is definitely for real. I think he'll be in it for the long run. I do think some moves are probably necessary to benefit from some of the depth that he has. Maybe taking a, a Drake or something or an Eckler, moving them for a really stud receiver. And then just putting in Hines or Dobbins. And then all of a sudden this team looks really, really scary. Although Ertz, Ertz is a little weird, right? Heard some stuff about his contract status being in, uh, into question and being frustrated. And Dallas Goddard had a huge game was on the field just as much as Ertz. So maybe Ertz isn't that elite option we thought he was going to be. But it's going to take more than one week for me to get off that train. So if if Ertz turns it around, I really do like Justin's team. Coop's team, however, is in a lot of shit. Uh, there's no doubt his two running backs, Ingram and Bell, are uh, a shitstorm right now. Bell is on the IR. Ingram looks, he had 29 yards in a game where they were up 38 to six at the end. So Ingram, is he going to fall off the face of the earth? I don't think so. I think he'll bounce back, but it's clear that Dobbins is a guy that is going to get a lot of work. And Coop did pick Ingram with the first round pick. That's not what you want from your first round pick. That's really troublesome. On the flip side of that, there was some good news. Uh, his namesake, Amari Cooper, had a great game going against Jalen Ramsey, even if he didn't have a huge fantasy day. But 81 yards on 10 receptions against Jalen Ramsey. You got to think he's going to have a huge game this week against Atlanta. Will Fuller looked to be the target hog there in Houston, and Tyreek Hill was, was Tyreek Hill. So the receivers are fine. Of course, his quarterback is going to be amazing with Mahomes, who looked like he was barely trying and still threw three touchdowns. But those running backs and the other one we didn't mention was Gronk. I think Gronk is going to end up being a, a drop here soon for Coop. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of unaware of this, to be honest. I, I always thought of Gronk as a pass catcher. But the reports that I was reading after the game was that Gronk is blocking. That's what his role is to do. He's going to block for Brady on those run plays that he you know audibles into and then he's going to catch maybe two or three passes, maybe a touchdown. But Gronk is not a top 10 tight end or even maybe a top 15, top 20 tight end. So these three picks we're talking about, Ingram, Bell, and Gronk, they, they might all be off of his team or benched at the very minimum for the next three or four weeks. I don't know how you can start any of these three with confidence. So that's a big 
shitstorm. However, when we look at the bench, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, okay, decent quarterbacks. I don't know if the quarterback market's too hot right now, but something perhaps down the line. Deontay Johnson looks really good. However, as a, another receiver, I don't know when Coop's going to be able to use Deontay Johnson. Hawkinson looks like a replaceable tight end there. So uh, obviously I think Hawkinson over Gronk going forward. And then Malcolm Brown, the running back for the Rams, he'll probably get a, you know mid-season until Bell comes back. At least he can probably use them. So the future is not as bleak once I look at his bench, but these guys, I don't know if they're long-term solutions, right? Hawkinson might not be the long-term solution, it, it, you know, if he proves he goes back to how he was last year. And I don't think Malcolm Brown is finishing the season as the RB1 in Los Angeles. I do like Cam Akers a lot, and I do like Daryl Henderson a lot. I think he's going to get mixed in. But hopefully it's enough to get Coop out. I think Coop's got to make some some trades here for sure. I don't like how his team looks right now. I don't think he likes how his team looks right now. So I'm going to say no deal for Coop as well. But Justin's team looks solid moving forward. Let's get to some real teams, teams that actually scored some points. That would be our two out of the three high scores for the week in Javi and KJ. Unfortunately, KJ scores 147 points and loses by 30 to Javi, who always shells out at the beginning of the year before torpedoing down into the earth faster than uh, acne-weighted thing from the cartoons. Remember those anvils that fall down really fast? It's kind of Javi at the end of the year. But – one year, he won't. He'll stay high and fly all the way to a championship. But this team looks really good right now. Uh, Javi's team, uh, definitely some guys that, you know, Calvin Ridley being one that he, nobody really wanted in our draft, but he was almost forced to take him. And, man, nine catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. You have Aaron Jones and Zeke forming a really potent RB1 and RB2. They scored uh, 41 points for him. Mark Andrews looking like a number one tight end, top five tight end. And that's with uh, Russell Wilson, by the way, as the quarterback who had a the best week out of any quarterback. So Javi's team looks for real right now. There's no doubt about it. And these are guys that I like too. I like Ridley. I like Chark. Still like Beckham. We'll see. Beckham might be interesting to uh, try to move sooner rather than later. We look at the bench. The bench is not much. It's again, you know, he's invested into his starters. Kareem Hunt is a serviceable filler, but he's not, the ceiling's kind of capped there. I don't want to mess with Sony Michelle. Jerry Judy had some horrific drops. Uh, let's see. John Brown looks like, John Brown's okay. Bench guy, I guess. I mean, they're bench guys, right? Peyton Barber, the ultimate bench guy, guy you can hope for a touchdown and put him into your lineup. But if injuries don't rear its ugly head, Javi is looking like the early favorite. This team is stacked. There are no holes in the lineup. The only When your hole is Odell Beckham Jr., that's your worst player. You know, that's a situation I don't mind being in. When I get to rely on the talent of Odell Beckham to perhaps figure it out, and that's my biggest problem. That's, that's impressive. So Javi is off to a great start. Really, really looking. I'm excited for Javi's team, man. It's a fun team. He might have a legendary season if he can just maybe find out how to upgrade perhaps Marvin Jones or something like that. Even though I still like Marvin Jones, I think Marvin's going to be fine going forward. It's a fine flex. It's a good team. Let's take a look at KJ's team. He had uh, Kyler Murray, Julio Jones, David Johnson, and especially Josh Jacobs throw up some really, really crooked numbers there. McCall Hardman, a surprise start. I don't know why McCall Hardman was started. I'm going to take a look at his bench here. Uh, yeah, I am I guess he didn't really have a receiver that he could have used over McCall. Now it's obvious that Paris Campbell is going to be huge, hugely involved in that offense in Indianapolis. I think Nikhil Harry is probably a, a lost cause. I don't – I just don't see it. The, the thing here is KJ has David Johnson – now Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs. And he has Raheem Mostert on the bench. And now he's starting McCole Hardman as his receiver. If this isn't a receiver for a uh, running back trade, then I don't know what is. He's got three running backs, has a huge hole in that receiver three spot. And his tight end also, you know, I, I like to think that Hayden Hurst will be involved. It sure didn't look like it. And he's never really done it in the past, but still – you got to like your chances there, and who cares? It's tight end. If KJ can trade 
Mostert, or even one of the other guys, you know, go trade David Johnson or trade Taylor. I know he likes Taylor a lot, and Jacobs was the keeper. So you're probably looking at trading DJ or Mostert. But if you could trade one of those guys for a decent wide receiver three, man, this team then all of a sudden has no holes as well. This is a really good-looking team when I look at it. With, a, you know, decent bench people, as I think Paris Campbell, you can start some weeks. Maybe Paris Campbell is that guy you throw into that spot. But then again, you're, you're wasting Mostert on the bench. I think Mostert in this league can get a lot of value. I know I've tried to trade for him a little bit. But I think there's somebody in this league that will give up a decent receiver for Mostert. Uh, I would definitely look around for that. If he can do that, then his team's for real. If he fails to do that, then I, I judge the... Uh, I judge the judgment. <laughs> I, I question his judgment when it comes to managing his team because there's a clear, obvious need and he has a clear, obvious solution to do it. It's just whether or not he chooses to do that. So that could be the defining point. And now, you know, down 0-1, let's see. Maybe he's feeling confident, but that's one obvious move I would do there. Okay, moving on, we have... Dean and Charles. Dean finally is able to beat his nemesis, Charles, even though Charles was favored by two points. So a little bit of an upset here. Dean really had a wonderful week. There's no doubt, although it was a hit or missed, uh, hit or miss type of performance. Aaron Rodgers hit, DeAndre Hopkins hit, Cook and Carson hit, although Chris Carson hit in a way you didn't expect with two receiving touchdowns, only had uh, 21 rushing yards total with a questionable amount of carries. So they got there just in a weird way. And then Melvin Gordon did add that touchdown as well. Some concerns here for Dean, though. I don't know if he is for real looking at the team. I think there's a lot of fraudulent players here, if that makes any sense, right? Chris Carson, I think, might not be the guy that he was last year. Just very, you know, look, I'm looking at the notes here. He played 28 of 30, 62 snaps in a game where they were up the entire time. What other number one running back is getting 28 out of 62 snaps in a game where they're winning the entire time? Carlos Hyde is there. Travis Homer is there. They stole a touchdown. This is a little concerning if I'm Dean here. Delvin looked good. I don't have any worries about that. The receiving core after Hopkins, though, also a little bit of a question mark for Dean. You know, A.J. Brown, loved the talent, didn't show up. We'll see. Second year, perhaps a little bit of a, uh, a, a stall there. Devontae Parker hasn't even played yet. Doesn't look like he's going to play. The bench with A.J. Green, Jordan Howard. Terry Cohen, Sammy Watkins, nothing really exciting there. I'm going to say Dean's team is kind of a fraud. It's a no deal for me, despite scoring 150 points. He got there, you know, Aaron Rodgers, 35 points. You think, okay, Aaron Rodgers is back. But hold on. Minnesota was literally starting six new players with a new system. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is back. Or if Minnesota is just trying to figure things out as the beginning of the season goes forward. Now, looking at the matchups, Detroit doesn't scare you. I mean, it's okay. It's going to be harder than Minnesota. New Orleans scares you. I think Tampa Bay should probably scare you. They get Minnesota again, San Francisco. I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is back. I might sound foolish saying that. I hope he is back because I have Devontae Adams. But... 35 a week for Aaron Rodgers. I'll believe it when I see it. Let's just say that. I think DeAndre's great. No problem. And then Melvin Gordon. You're like, okay, great. But Melvin Gordon, look at the matchups he has coming up next. Okay. Pittsburgh, who held Saquon Barkley to six carries. Tampa Bay, who has been good against the run for two years now. Go look it up if you don't believe me. They've been elite. The Jets have also been good against the run. The Patriots have been good against the run. It's a pretty daunting schedule. And by that time, Philip Lindsay's probably going to be back. There's a bye mixed in there. And then I think we're going back to a bit of a timeshare. I don't know if Melvin Gordon is going to be relied on for 14 points a week. Let's not forget about Austin Hooper, who is, you know, you're trusting the, the Cleveland Browns now to have a tight end, which they've never shown that they can support a tight end. Baker Mayfield, as much as I hate to say it, I have to wait and see with Baker Mayfield. I just can't assume Austin Hooper is going to be what he was last year. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of question marks for Dean's team. Now there's a lot of exclamation points as well. I think Hopkins and his two running backs probably are fine. 
exclamation points. And even Rogers, let's be honest, he's probably going to be fine and great. But after that, man, there are some duds that could happen, and the bench doesn't offer a lot of help. I'm really worried about Dean's team. It's a fraud for me. Charles scored 114 points after projected 109, uh, 130 points. So a disappointing performance there. Got off to a fast start with uh, Hilaire in that Thursday night game. But, man, James Conner really let him down. That looks like a headache waiting, waiting to happen. McLaurin, who I really enjoy and think is going to be good, had a disappointing performance, as did Allen Robinson. Robert, Robert Woods balled out. Lamar Jackson did his thing. But other than that, man, really poor performances off guys that I think Charles is pretty happy to, to get on his team. When we look at the bench, you know, there's guys that performed well that obviously you could have put in and maybe, you know, done a little bit better. But, I mean, who's going to start Noah Fant over Hunter Hentry week one or Dallas Goddard? Now uh, a position that Charles looked a little weak in with Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, and Dallas Goddard. Man, these guys kind of all shelled out except for the guy he started, of course. So is Goddard the guy, you know, you try to trade to Justin to see if you can get something back. Um, Alan Lazard looked good with a touchdown AP. Like these guys are okay, but man, James Conner is a headache right now. Gallup, you wish you would see more as a guy that, you know, was going across from the guy that had Jalen Ramsey on him. You think Gallup would have had a big game. Didn't look great. McLaurin with Haskins. Can you trust him? I don't know. I almost want to see Alex Smith back in there if you're going to really trust McLaurin. This is a fraud team, too. I don't like how Charles's team looks. Of course, he has that stud in Edwards Hilaire and Lamar Jackson, so I think he's going to be in weeks, even when he has uh, some poor performances. But this is what you see. You know, it's Jackson and Hilaire, and that's it. You know, he's going to need some of these other guys to hit. So I don't know what he does here. This is an interesting thing. I think he he runs the waiver wire hard, trying to find some of the, the new guys. Hopes that Debo comes back. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. You can't trade anything here. You know, you can't trade Lamar. You can't trade Hilaire. Connor, you know, I I talked to him a little bit about Connor, but you can't trade him low. He's your first round pick, your second round pick, I should say. So it's kind of a mess here for Charles. I think both of these teams are, are in a bit of trouble moving forward. All right. Let's go to the last matchup, which was Jason versus myself. Jason had a great week. Uh, a lot of late stuff that helped him get over the edge, like Thielen getting that late touchdown in garbage time really broke the broke my back. Um, but, you know, Thielen, McCaffrey did their things. Henry also had a decent game, even when he had a shitty game. <laughs> really, I mean, how many carries did it take to get him to 116? But he still got to 116. Keenan Allen and Shepard didn't look like they're going to be too great. Um, and, but Thielen does look like a, num a number one. Brady looks like he's going to – this is kind of the games that I expect Brady to have going forward, about 15 to 20 points. That's nothing crazy. Steph uh, Stefan Diggs – Stefan? Stefan. Why did I say Stefan? Stefan Diggs looks pretty good, not going to lie. But I, I'm not super excited about this team either. The running back tandem will keep him going for sure with the, the good receiver. I think that – Oh, here is – so I do like the team now that I look at his bench. He didn't – he wasn't able to use Galladay, who's going to be back, right? And Robbie Anderson, who he uh, picked up late, was seems to be a good pickup. I don't know. Still, uh, you know, Shepard – I don't know if you can rely on Shepard moving forward. Keenan Allen without Rivers is a little scary. Ingram looked lost on the field, although I still believe in Ingram. No backup tight end for Jason here either. He's also a guy that, oh, I scored 145 points. I don't need to make changes. But, man, that tight end is a black hole potentially waiting to happen with Ingram. I, although I like Ingram a lot. I don't know if we'll see him have that poor of a performance again. But two receptions under 20 yards, not, not too hot. But, you know, McCaffrey, Thielen, those two, and Henry, those guys are going to go off and they're going to give him a chance to win like they did this week, 145 points. Um, I'm going to say his team's for real just because of the, the top guys and the fact that he beat me. I don't want to get beaten by a, a team that I say is a fraud. So I do think he'll be fine going forward. I think he has some moves to make as well. However, um, I think he's got to find uh, an answer at tight end if Ingram continues to do what he's doing right now. I don't know if he will. So there's a lot to 
like, and there's a lot to kind of question. I think he's, if there's a team that's right in the middle, it's going to be Jason's team. And then you have my team. Um, tough week for me. I was missing Miles Sanders. That really put me into a conundrum there. And really, I didn't have many guys perform at all. I had Devontae Adams score 38. He was a monster. And Prescott and Gurley did okay. Other than that, man, a lot of disappointing stuff. DJ Moore and Godwin, nothing. Uh, I, I trusted Antonio Gibson when I probably shouldn't have for the upside. Waller wasn't involved hugely. Higby didn't do much. It was a tough week for me. I did have Darius Slayton go off in my bench, but I don't know, man. I liked the team when I put Miles Sanders in it. And I think if I have Miles Sanders being the Miles Sanders, I think he is. All of a sudden, Gurley becomes my number two. The receivers are fine. Prescott, Prescott should be good. And I got two nice tight ends. And then I'm just waiting on, you know, David Montgomery to get back to full health or Antonio Gibson to hit. I like my team. Of course, I'm going to say it's for real. But I think I was destined to lose week one as soon as Miles Sanders was out. But maybe it's for the best. He looks healthy and he's he's going to be coming back this week, it looks like. And hopefully I have him for the rest of the year instead of, you know, maybe losing him out on a few weeks if he came back too early. So there you go. Let's go ahead and look at the previews for this week. Let's see if there was any interesting pickups. There was a couple of hot waiver wire additions that I was actually kind of sad that I didn't get. I wasn't quick enough, which is disappointing for myself. But um, let's take a look. So um, Justin getting Naheem Hines was a really nice pickup. I think that with the Marlon Mack injury, you have a PPR guy in the same mold as a vintage Chris Thompson or Darren Sproul, something like that. A guy that you can flex and be pretty confident about. I do think Jonathan Taylor is getting the majority of the work on the ground, but a decent uh, pickup there. I also like Charles's Goddard pickup. He picked him up and went off. Uh, I guess he picked him up as he was going off. I think Goddard might be the tight end 1B there in Philadelphia, which is going to be fantasy points because they have they really don't have many receivers at all. Um, Miles Gaskins, who were some Scotty Miller was a good pickup by me, and then I dropped him, and now he's become a good pickup for who picked up Scotty? Uh, Rich Rich picked up Scotty, who, who looks like a really good pickup now that Godwin might be hurt for a week or two. So good job there. Benny Snell getting picked up by Jason was a good pickup. I don't know. They might hate James Conner. I think there's like a 12.6% chance that they absolutely just hate James Conner. And if Benny Snell is the running back all year, then Jason looks really, really smart. I think also picking up Anthony Miller was a good pickup. I'm looking at my pickup, man. I just, I just missed all the guys this week. It's kind of frustrating, but those are the pickups of the week for sure. Well done, guys. Russell Gage also perhaps a nice pickup there. Although I think I'd probably still rather have Preston Williams going forward. Once Devontae Parker comes back, I think Preston's going to be good. But interesting. Okay, let's go over the previews for this week. We'll start with my matchup since I waited last to go uh, the time before. I am uh, projected to beat Dean 134 to 125. That is, of course, with Godwin projected for 14 points. I'm planning on going ahead without Godwin, that he's not going to be available to play. If that happens and I'm having to put Darius Slayton in, which last week would have been fantastic, maybe he is the real deal. You, you, he scored like nine touchdowns in his last 10 games or something like that, or maybe 10 touchdowns in his last nine games, something like that. It's pretty nuts. But my matchups are juicy this week. Prescott against Atlanta. Devontae Adams to uh, counteract his Aaron Rodgers against Detroit. DJ Moore against Tampa. Um, Miles Sanders against the Rams, even though I have the Rams defense. Um, so my matchups are not bad at all this week. And I don't really have a lot of decisions to make. I'm not going to play Antonio Gibson. I, uh, I have a decision to make, I guess, if Godwin is out with – I'll probably go Slayton, but Kirk is the one I could use. Other than that, my decision – I mean, I could do Waller or Higby. I don't know. I'm, I'm going Waller, though. Either one, I think, are going to be good. I might 
So I love the matchups this week. I think I have a huge bounce back week. I think I'm going to score 130 plus points. So Dean's going to have to have a huge week too. And I don't like his matchups this week. Okay. So Rogers gets to go against Detroit. Who knows, knows him well. I think he'll be fine though. Uh, Arizona against Washington. Hopkins is probably going to be fine, but Brown and green. Uh, I don't, I'm not, don't, I'm not scared of those guys. Although I shouldn't say that about green as he goes and plays tonight, but you know, rookie quarterback, prime time, who knows? Dalvin and Carson. Carson against New England's tough. Indianapolis is actually a really good run defense as well. Hooper, Gordon against Pittsburgh, who just killed uh, Saquon Barkley, literally. And I think they're going to kill Gordon. I love – he doesn't have really have a lot of options on his bench either. I don't love his matchups. I love my matchups this week. I think that I'm going to beat Dean, and it's going to be pretty – Pretty lopsided. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I've scored maybe um, one forty five, and I think Dean's gonna have a shitty week. I'm gonna say Dean has one hundred and five points. I score one hundred and forty five. I don't think Dean is out of it, but man, he has some tough matchups this week, mm -hmm. and I have some juicy ones. So one forty five to one hundred five. I bounce back. Dean comes back down to earth. We get tied for whatever place we would be in at that point. The next matchup is going to be Jason versus Rich. Jason is favored 125 to 114. Taking a look at the matchups here for Jason, he is going with Tom Brady. He's going with Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Robbie Anderson's interesting as a third. He's going Robbie Anderson over Diggs against Miami. I'm very much questioning that decision. Don't know why. I, I mean, that's the definition of chasing points, and Tampa's defense is really good, and I'm not just saying that. Their defense was good. They held Breeze down, man. They just made some big mistakes on like special teams and shit like that that the Bucks always love to do. But I don't, I, I don't chase Robbie Anderson this week at all. Of course, you're starting Henry and McCaffrey, and you got to go Ingram since there's no other receivers or tight ends to use. Putting Shepard in your flex. I mean, if Benny Snell can start this week, then you got a really good chance. But I think you put Diggs over Shepard and Anderson, no brainer. I mean, that's got to be a oversight there. That's really, really questionable. I'm going to assume that he makes that decision. If not, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Galladay is playing this week, so I'm going to assume that he's out. Let's see. Yeah, he didn't practice Thursday. It's not looking good. He wasn't close to playing last week. So, not uh, – they're okay matchups. Don't love it, though. I think he's going to be around that 120 mark that he's projected to. I'm going to say he scores maybe 120 this week. A little bit lower than expectations. And let's take a look at Rich. Rich is going with Newton over Roethlisberger. See, I told you Roethlisberger. Although, yeah, I guess so. Newton, oh, fine, doesn't matter. They're the same guy. Juju, Cortland, he's hoping to get back. Although, let's take a look at the updates on Cortland. Came out of practice well, limited on Thursday. I think he suits up, but I don't know how well he's going to be. Emmanuel Sanders is a nice guy to have while your Michael Thomas is out. I think Chubb's going to have a big, big game tonight. I really do. I can't believe you're starting Singletary. Well, I guess Miami. I guess if there's a time to start him, it's probably this week. So fine. Um, I mean, you don't have – oh, man, and Swift. I would probably put James Robinson over – Swift. Swift had that horrific drop. Only six touches in his debut. You can't start Swift. You got to do James Robinson for sure. And I'd probably do Scotty Miller for Cortland Sutlin. I mean, as hard as that would be to pull the trigger on, I just don't know how good Cortland's going to be against that Pittsburgh defense, especially when you have Pittsburgh's defense on your team. So this lineup right now, I don't think would beat Jason, but if he can put a Scotty Miller in and put James Robinson in, I think he would have a chance. I think he would get to maybe 118, 120. And so that's definitely within the realms of winning. I do think I like Jason's team this week. So I'm going to put Rich at about 115 points. He's going to get close, but I don't love what I see from the team this week. A lot of tough injuries for him, no doubt. So I got Jason winning that matchup. Moving on to Javi versus Charles. Javi is projected to win 129 to 118. Javi with Russell Wilson, Ridley, John Brown, 
Odell Beckham, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and wow, again, I don't understand. You have one bad – Chark didn't even have a bad week. He scored a touchdown in a game where Jacksonville was able to run the ball. They're not going to be able to run the ball. I don't know how you're going to bench Chark, man. I would put Chark in over Hunt. I would put Chark in over Brown. I'd put Chark in over Odell, as weird as that says. And I wouldn't – I I would probably start Marvin Jones. I think the lineup you did last week was the correct lineup. So two of the guys he started last week he has on the bench, and he's putting in Hunt on a Thursday night game and Odell Beckham on a Thursday night game. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd fucking bench Beckham for now. I would bench Beckham and Brown, and I would put Shark and Jones in. That's maybe overthinking it, but everything else looks good. Russell Wilson, Calvin Ridley, the two running backs, the tight end. Um, New Orleans defense is good against Las Vegas. Kicker, of course, is a stud. I think there's some errors here, to be honest, Javi. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to assume this is the lineup you're going with. If so, I think you're going to be disappointed in this week. I think you're going to score maybe 115 points. I don't like your decisions you're making. Now, I might sound like an idiot. We'll have to see. And I'll eat, you know, I'll eat crow if you turned out to be right. Absolutely. But I love Chark, man. I think Chark's going to have a huge week, too. Against Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, man. Tough. So uh, Charles is going to be sporting Lamar Jackson, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, McLaurin, Hilaire, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and that's his running back, too. Noah Fant, Michael Gallup, with really poor back end of the roster. He's got to hope and pray that John Connor or John Connor, James Connor actually sees the field. If James Connor can start, I like Charles's chances. Um, he's going with Fant over Goddard. I would go Goddard over Fant. No, no doubt about that one. I might even put Gallup in for, no, I like the receivers. That's fine. And then I would hope that Goddard gets the play. Otherwise, I don't know what you do. I guess you start AP, but man, that's a tough one. That's a, that's the, that's the matchup right there. I think if <clears throat> Connor gets in and has a Connor game, then Charles probably wins, probably gets about 130 points, but I just don't know what's happening with James Conner. What happened? Let's do the recap. He was a full participant in practice. Okay, so I think James is going to play. So I think Charles will be fine. I think Charles is going to bounce back and uh, and beat Javi 130 to 115. Yeah, I like Charles's team if Connor's there. If Connor is out or he blows, you know, he doesn't do anything, then I think Javi wins. It all comes down to James Connor. All comes down to James Conner. All right. So that means that I have Justin versus KJ. Justin projected for 136 points. That's a high total against KJ's 128, which is also a high total. This could be a shootout. Well, let's see if – yeah, who's an idiot? So Stafford, Marquez, uh, Hollywood Brown, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, Eckler, Drake, Ertz, and Barkley as the flex. Don't like having Barkley in your flex when he's the early game. But what do I know? The only person that knows what they're doing, it seems, is KJ, who has Jacobs in his flex for Monday night. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm not going to teach you. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oof. I'd probably still go Edelman over C.D. Lamb, to be honest. And I would go Stafford over Watson. I approve that message. Can't start Dobbins over those running backs. Can't start anybody else. He's got some trading stuff here. I think what you might want to do is maybe package, like I said, to uh, your – not this week, obviously, but if you could try to get, uh, you know – so do Hines and Edelman for a receiver. Um, an upgrade at receiver. I think you might be able to find something that is a little bit better than C.D. Lamb and Edelman, especially with Hines in there. Or if you really trust Hines, you could trade Drake or Eckler. I don't know how Eckler – Eckler was kind of a disappointment. Although he did have 19 carries, he should be fine. I like I like Justin's team a lot this week. The matchups are good. Stafford should be in a shootout. Houston doesn't scare you. Evans without Godwin's nice. That game in Atlanta – Good. Eckler should get a lot of receptions against KC. Drake against Washington, man. Uh, Justin's probably going to score the most points this week. I'm going to put about 158 points. I like 
I like his team a lot, which means KJ might have a tough loss here. Again, Kyler Murray, Julio Jones, Metcalf, Paris Campbell. Good job putting Campbell in as your third. I like that. Taylor, Johnson, Jacobs. Man, those are some sick-ass running backs. This is a great matchup for running backs. My God, Eckler, Drake, Barkley versus Jacobs, Johnson, and Taylor with Mostert on his bench. Too bad he can't find a way to start Mostert. I'm telling you, if he could do package Mostert and Metcalf for a fucking stud receiver – Oh, man. I mean, you could get a, a top 10 receiver, I think, for Metcalf and Mostert. I'd probably give you Godwin for the, that, that those two, you know? So you could get a stud receiver, which would really make this team dangerous. Oh, my goodness. Especially if Paris Campbell can be the guy. And you do need a tight end. So maybe you, you ask for a tight end in that deal, too. Because I don't know about Hayden Hurst, man. I just don't know. I think that uh, – let's take a look at the matchups. Murray against Washington. Julio against Dallas. Um, that's a good, good week again for you, KJ. I just think you're going to score maybe 135 and lose. So that's going to be a huge matchup. I want to put the over-under on what? Um, 285 points, something like that combined. That's what I would put the over-under at. I mean, Yahoo is what projected it for 264. Yeah, so I put the over under about 280. Give me the over under on 280 for that. That's pretty high. I guess that would be 275 or something like that. But good matches, but I do think Justin wins and he scores the most points this week. I've been too nice to Justin lately. Feels sickening. Our last matchup. Is Coop versus Casey two zero and one teams going to get it? Um, KJ uh, Casey is favored one twenty nine to one twenty four. He's got Drew Brees starting still. Oh my gosh, really? Over Allen? No way. Allen against Miami. I would definitely start Josh Allen over Drew Brees this week for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. <clears throat> Again. <laughs> Coop, Lockett, Hilton are fine. Mixon, Kamara are great. Kittle, you don't know about. Ronald Jones is a fine flex. Decent. It's a solid team. I just, you got I think you got to start Josh Allen over Drew Brees. That's, you know, if we go by last week, 32 points for Josh Allen, 14 points for Drew Brees. I mean, go with it, man. Go with the new guy that runs. He runs. You know, he's going to get you 50 yards rushing. So that's five points right there without even having to throw the ball. So if you think Brees can outscore him in the air by you know 150 yards fine but i mean that's five easy points you're going to get from josh allen each week i'll trade for josh allen if you don't want him i wish i could start both but uh so interesting let's see i i do like the team it's a it's a pretty average solid week nothing screams huge man although Kamara is probably gonna go off for 35 points <clears throat> with no Thomas there, but the no Thomas does bring down Breeze's value. I, if he puts Allen in, this is a 140 point matchup for Casey, but I don't know if he has the balls to do that. So I'm going to assume he doesn't because why would he have balls? I think Casey's going to get still a decent week, maybe 127 points. And I think let's take a look at Coop's team. He's got Mahomes, Cooper, Fuller, Hill. So here's the big problem. Ingram and Mark uh, Malcolm Brown are the running backs. Gronkowski is the tight end. And Jarvis Landry has a flex in Thursday is a cardinal sin. Get him into your receiver spot. Put somebody else in your flex later. Why would you limit your receivers? But whatever. It's not my, my – I'm not here to educate. Just telling you. I think you start Hawkinson for sure over Gronk this week. You got to find some running back help, man. got to find some running back help. We'll see what Malcolm Brown does. But eight for 79, you take those two touchdowns away. I know you can't, but oof. And Ingram, man. Oh, I feel so bad for Ingram owners because you didn't think it'd be that bad. Sure, you thought some carries would be taken away, but, man, that that's tough. So uh, I don't like it, Coop. Sorry. I'm going to put you down for about 120 points. Close. Maybe you have a couple guys. I think Mahomes carries you to a, a decent score, but I don't think it's going to be enough to beat Casey. So I got Casey overcoming Coop 127 to 120. Justin putting up the high score of the week with 158 points over KJ, who does score 135. Charles has a nice week, 130 over at 115 to Javi. Javi can make some moves to perhaps change that, but 
until I see it, I'm going to go ahead and go with the predictions. Jason squeaks by Rich, 120 to 115, and I crush Dean, 145 to 105. Those are my projections this week. Let's see how they play off. Otherwise, that's going to do it for me this week. Enjoy your football for today. And we will, uh, I'm sure everybody will have lots of things to say to me after I was wrong about almost everything. See you later. First niggas gotta find me. What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Ball so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know that those shit face. And as we go, oh, for 82, when I look at you like this. So, karma screaming in my ear. Your flex spot, you always wanna put the guy who plays last in your flex spot. So if something happens to him, you can put a receiver or a running back or a tight end into that spot. You're not limited to that position. When you put Landry into your flex, let's say something happens to Tyreek Hill for Sunday afternoon, the only person you can replace him with are other receivers. If you switch that around, Landry, who you can start, it's fine. You just start him in the receiver spot and then you can replace Tyreek Hill with anybody. You don't have to be stuck with a receiver. So that's the general consensus. Good move is to put your player who plays last in the day or the last game into your normal spot and then are into your flex. That's what you want. That's what the flex is for. So karma will now help me as I have instructed you and had you see the light. So Coop, get Landry out of your flex.